you are now tuned into World War I Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, here to guide you through the labyrinth of memories and tales from the war to end all wars. Each Tuesday and Thursday, we dive headfirst into the captivating stories of World War I. We will traverse the trenches, soar with the Red Baron, and witness the dawn of modern warfare. We'll recount tales of courage and sacrifice, of human endurance against the odds, and of a world forever changed. But our journey through history doesn't stop there. For those of you eager to continue the exploration, we invite you to check out our sister podcast dedicated to World War II, which explores the next dramatic chapter of global conflict. You can find the link in the description or head over to podhour.com slash ww1. In the early days of the 20th century, as the embers of the old world smoldered and the new one began to catch fire, Europe was caught in the throes of one of the most defining periods in human history. Against the backdrop of rising nationalism, imperial competition, and tangled alliances, the world found itself on the precipice of a war unlike any other. This war would forever alter the course of nations, upend centuries-old empires, and set in motion the forces that would shape the modern world. Among the many epic and brutal confrontations of this great war, the Battle of the Somme stands out as one of the most iconic, its name alone evoking images of trenches filled with mud and blood, the deafening blasts of artillery, and the courageous yet doomed charges of infantrymen into a hailstorm of bullets. The battle, which raged from July to November in 1916, has come to symbolize the best and worst aspects of World War I, representing both the heroism of individual soldiers and the seemingly senseless slaughter brought on by outdated tactics and a stubborn adherence to the status quo. From the political machinations that lit the fuse of World War I to the strategies and personalities that define the Battle of the Somme, we will journey through this historic period. Through tales of heroism and folly, of new technologies and old tactics, and of the indomitable spirit of human resilience, we will gain a deeper understanding of how this battle shaped the war and the modern world. So, let's take a step back into history, to the early 1900s, a time of kings and emperors, of new technologies and old alliances, a time of change, and a time of war. This is the story of the Battle of the Somme, a crucible in which the fate of nations was forged and the future of the world was decided. Chapter 1. Prelude to Battle At the dawn of the 20th century, the seeds of tension were quietly being sown across Europe. National pride surged through the veins of each major power sparking a fierce competition for dominance. This was an era of uncertainty, filled with undercurrents of ambition and apprehension. Against this backdrop, our tale of the Battle of the Somme begins to take shape. It was the Austro-Hungarian Archduke, Franz Ferdinand, a man known for his vigorous disposition and sweeping mustache, who inadvertently lit the fuse. Despite his reputation as a peace-loving moderate in the eyes of the public, his assassination in June 1914 in Sarajevo turned him into a symbol of the simmering tensions that had been boiling beneath the surface of Europe for years. His death stirred up a hornet's nest of conflict and suspicion, propelling the continent into war. Meanwhile, in Germany, the mustachioed and imposing Kaiser Wilhelm II was making his own waves. 
A man of ambition and a fervent believer in Germany's right to a place in the sun, Wilhelm had been escalating the arms race, building up the German navy to challenge the British. His aggressive posturing did not go unnoticed and gradually intensified the web of distrust and rivalry among the European powers. Across the North Sea, in the heart of London, British Prime Minister Herbert Asquith presided over the British Empire at its zenith. Known for his calm demeanor and eloquent speech, he had been striving to maintain peace in the increasingly volatile international scene. Yet, even as he navigated the intricate dance of diplomacy, the drums of war began to beat louder. The storm clouds were indeed gathering, the political barometer dropping rapidly, the thunder of conflict echoing in the distance. Each leader, acting on what they believed was best for their nation, played their part in this grand, tragic performance. Little did they know how drastically their decisions would shape the world, culminating in a place known simply as the Somme. Little did they realize that their moves on this geopolitical chessboard would set the stage for one of the most brutal and transformative battles in history. In the aftermath of Archduke Franz Ferdinand's assassination, the tremors of unrest started to fracture the tenuous peace. Every diplomatic handshake, every sternly worded letter exchanged between the powers, held a deep undercurrent of unease. Europe teetered on a razor's edge. It needed but a push to fall into the abyss of war. Suddenly, the push came. Austria-Hungary, with Germany's support, declared war on Serbia in late July 1914. Like a cascade of dominoes, the nations of Europe were swept into the conflict. The elaborate network of alliances that were designed to preserve peace ironically became the catalyst for war. With the German Schlieffen plan put into action, a swift offensive was launched against Belgium and France. Their strategy was simple, quickly defeat France and turn the full might of the German military towards Russia. However, plans rarely survive first contact with the enemy. Despite early successes, Germany's grand offensive ground to a halt at the Battle of the Marne in September. Meanwhile, the British, allies of the French, were mobilizing their own forces, preparing to take the fight to the German Empire. In the muddy, blood-soaked fields of Ypres, the first major battle on the Western Front unfolded. Stakes were high, and the human cost even higher. The race to the sea ensued, with both sides attempting to outflank each other, pushing the line of conflict all the way to the North Sea. Stalemate set in, and the Western Front became a brutal chess match with each side countering the other's moves from the trenches. As the guns of 1914 began to fall silent, Europe was locked in a deadly embrace. Men in uniforms of different hues, the gray of the German army, the horizon blue of the French, and the khaki of the British stared at each other from their trenches, a no-man's land of mud and barbed wire between them. From the war rooms to the trenches, uncertainty lingered in the air. There were no victors in sight, only victims of a conflict spiraling beyond anyone's control. And at the heart of it all, a region known for its river and picturesque rural landscape, the Somme, waited, oblivious to the storm of steel and fire it was soon to endure. The Somme, a tranquil region in northern France, was renowned for its pastoral beauty. A tapestry of rolling hills, rippling streams, and idyllic farmlands, 
it was a peaceful realm that seemed untouched by the echoes of war. However, its strategic location, crisscrossed by roads and railways, made it a magnet for military attention. The rivers that once nurtured the soil were soon to bear witness to a different kind of harvest, a harvest of souls caught in the deadly dance of war. On one side of the impending conflict, General Sir Douglas Haig, a stern, mustachioed figure, led the British forces. Known for his unwavering belief in the power of cavalry, he was a man of the old school, bred for warfare in an age that was swiftly changing. To him fell the task of planning the British contribution to the upcoming offensive, a duty he accepted with a firm resolve. Opposing him was the French General Ferdinand Foch, a compact, resilient figure with a reputation for being a staunch, tireless fighter. Foch, deeply aware of the losses his country had suffered, was eager to reclaim French soil. He threw himself into preparing for the offensive with a fervor that was both inspiring and intimidating. Unbeknownst to both generals, the Somme was to be no ordinary battlefield. It was here that the tides of the war were destined to turn. The quiet farms and tranquil pastures would transform into a muddy, shell-torn landscape, echoing with the cries of the fallen. As the two opposing forces prepared for the upcoming offensive, each soldier, whether a grizzled veteran or a green recruit, harbored a mix of anticipation and dread. They trained, they drilled, and they waited. The serene beauty of the Somme, bathed in the gentle light of the summer sun, provided a stark contrast to the foreboding atmosphere. With each passing day, the tension grew the storm was about to break over the Somme. Chapter 2 Opening Moves Summer 1916 was a time of fervent activity along the Somme. The landscape buzzed with the sounds of men and machinery. Soldiers dug trenches, engineers laid out barbed wire, and horses hauled artillery pieces into position. Amidst this bustling activity, two men, General Haig and General Foch, were deeply engrossed in devising a plan that they hoped would break the deadlock on the Western Front. Haig, ever the stoic, poured over maps in his command post, a web of lines and arrows tracing the planned advance. His goal was to relieve the pressure on the French at Verdun by striking a heavy blow against the Germans. A simultaneous attack by the British and French, he believed, would keep the enemy off balance, enabling them to regain lost territory. Meanwhile, Foch, who was deeply committed to defending his homeland, shared the British general's sentiments. The Frenchmen saw the plan offensive as a chance to recapture important areas of France, restoring national pride and dealing a psychological blow to the enemy. His passion for the cause was infectious, inspiring his men and boosting morale. They envisioned an artillery barrage of such intensity that the German trenches would be obliterated. They believed this would pave the way for their troops to surge forward, sweeping aside any remaining resistance. It was a plan filled with hope and optimism, a plan that promised to turn the tide of the war in their favor. As these plans took shape, the soldiers awaited their orders, unaware of the enormity of the task that lay ahead. Their days were filled with anticipation, their nights with dreams of victory. The atmosphere was electric charged with an intense energy that spread throughout the ranks. Meanwhile, the tranquil Somme, 
with its soft meadows and gentle streams, held its breath. Unaware of the onslaught it was about to endure, the region bathed in the summer sun, offering a deceptive calm before the storm. As days turned into weeks, the intricate dance of military planning unfolded, setting the stage for what was to come, a battle that would forever mark the Somme as a symbol of the Great War's tragic ferocity. The sun rose over the Somme on July 1, 1916, illuminating the landscape with a gentle, early morning light. The day was pregnant with promise, the air thick with anticipation. In the trenches, soldiers prepared themselves for the onslaught, their hearts pounding in sync with the rhythm of war. In the British camp, Haig, the embodiment of military discipline, moved among his troops. His face etched with determination, he issued orders, rallied spirits, and offered words of encouragement. His faith in his men was unwavering. He believed that the meticulously planned artillery barrage would clear the way for his soldiers to cross no man's land and seize the German trenches. Across the line, the German forces, led by the seasoned General Fritz von Below, braced themselves for the battle. Von Below, a man of steel nerves and sharp intellect, had recognized the signs of an imminent attack. He had ordered his men to reinforce their defenses, determined to repel any Allied advance. As the early morning turned into a full-fledged day, the air trembled as the Allied artillery roared into action. It was a deafening chorus of destruction, a symphony of fire and smoke that seemed to shake the very earth. The British believed that this barrage would obliterate the German defenses, leaving the path open for their infantry. Emboldened by the promise of victory, the British troops surged forward. They emerged from their trenches, hearts full of courage, eyes set on the enemy lines. Yet, as they advanced into the gray, smoke-choked expanse of no man's land, reality proved to be a harsh master. Despite the intensity of the artillery bombardment, the German defenses had not been entirely destroyed. The soldiers, safe in their deep trenches and bunkers, weathered the storm. As the British approached, the Germans sprang into action, their machine guns chattering a deadly welcome. By nightfall, the promise of a swift victory had been drowned in a sea of mud, barbed wire, and blood. The British had suffered the worst single-day casualties in their military history, their dreams of breaking the deadlock shattered against the unforgiving reality of modern warfare. As the echoes of the day's battle receded into the night, the first day of the Somme had written a tragic chapter in the annals of war, a testament to the courage of the ordinary soldier and the brutal cost of underestimating one's enemy. As the Battle of the Somme continued to rage, the battlefield was not just a canvas of strategy and tactics but also a stage where tales of courage, fear, triumph, and tragedy unfolded. Amidst the chaos of war, individuals on both sides rose to the occasion, exhibiting acts of bravery and leadership that would leave indelible marks on the fabric of history. On the Allied side, there was Lieutenant George Sanders, a man of quiet strength and determination. Sanders led his unit through the inferno of battle, inspiring them with his unflinching courage. Despite the danger and the chaos, he was a rock, a beacon of stability in a world turned upside down. His gallantry under fire and his ability to lead his men against all odds earned him the Victoria Cross, 
the highest military honor in the United Kingdom. Facing them was the formidable German officer, Ernst Jünger. A warrior scholar, Jünger was known for his sharp intellect and relentless bravery. Throughout the battle, he led his men with a fierce dedication, holding the line against the waves of Allied attacks. His skill in command and his personal courage in the face of danger earned him the Iron Cross, a high German military honor. While these men were hailed as heroes, the war also gave rise to individuals whose actions would cast a shadow over their reputations. General Haig, despite his relentless optimism and unwavering belief in the strength of the British Army, became the target of criticism. His insistence on sending men into heavily defended German positions, leading to catastrophic losses, earned him the title Butcher of the Somme. Similarly, von Below, the stern German general, was seen as a villain by the Allies. His ruthless defense and refusal to yield an inch of ground resulted in massive casualties for the Allies. Yet, to his men and his country, he was a hero, a stalwart defender against the Allied onslaught. In war, the line between heroes and villains often blurs, shaded by perspectives and loyalties. The Battle of the Somme was a theater where such complexities were played out, each act echoing the timeless adage one man's hero is another man's villain. As the battle raged on, the courage of the foot soldier, the strategies of the generals, and the tides of public opinion all wove together a rich, intricate tapestry of history, reflecting the multilayered nature of human conflict. Chapter 3 The Long Battle As summer turned into autumn, the Battle of the Somme settled into a grim pattern. Initial hopes of a swift victory faded as both sides dug in deeper, locked in a deadly battle of attrition. Each yard of the devastated landscape, each shattered tree, each patch of muddy trench was bitterly contested, won at a terrible human cost. In the face of fierce German resistance, General Haig was forced to adjust his strategies. The grand visions of a rapid breakthrough were replaced by a more practical approach, bite and hold. The British forces would capture a small piece of the enemy's line, fortify it, and then repel the inevitable German counterattacks. It was a slow, bloody grind, far from the decisive victory that Haig had envisioned. Across the lines, General von Below was facing similar challenges. The relentless Allied assaults were taking their toll on the German troops. Despite their ferocious defense, the line was slowly being pushed back. The once powerful German defense was wearing thin, a fact von Below couldn't ignore. The battle became a war of nerves and endurance. Each side was determined to wear the other down, to drain their resources and shatter their morale. The human cost was staggering, with soldiers on both sides falling in their thousands. Amidst this grim stalemate, there were fleeting moments of humanity. Stories emerged of soldiers on opposing sides communicating during lulls in the battle, trading rations, and even sharing a silent moment of camaraderie amidst the desolation. In the brutal calculus of war, these small acts of kindness and connection stood in stark contrast illuminating the common humanity that the violence of battle so often obscured. As the weeks turned into months, the Battle of the Somme became a symbol of the senseless brutality of the First World War. 
the beautiful landscape was transformed into a muddy, shell-pocked wasteland, a testament to the destructive power of human conflict. Despite the deadlock, the generals on both sides pressed on, each believing that victory was within their grasp, each paying the terrible price of their determination with the lives of their men. The Battle of the Somme was not only a test of strength and endurance, but also a crucible for innovations and new tactics. Both sides, in their quest to break the deadlock, introduced groundbreaking changes in their approach to warfare. In the British camp, General Haig recognized that the traditional cavalry charges were ineffective against modern weapons like machine guns and artillery. Instead, he turned to a technological marvel of the era, the tank. These hulking beasts, like giant metal caterpillars, lumbered across the battlefield, impervious to machine gun fire and able to traverse difficult terrain. The introduction of tanks, although initially fraught with mechanical problems and operational challenges, marked a significant turning point in the conduct of warfare. To enhance his infantry's chances of survival in no man's land, Haig also introduced the creeping barrage. Artillery would systematically pound areas in front of the advancing infantry, moving forward in a steady progression to provide a sort of moving shield. It was a risky tactic, as mistimed barges could lead to friendly fire incidents, but when executed well, it allowed infantry to close in on enemy lines under some degree of protection. Facing these new tactics, the Germans, led by General von Below, were not idle. They pioneered the defense-in-depth strategy. Instead of defending their front lines to the last man, they set up multiple layers of defense. The first line would absorb the enemy assault and fall back, luring the attackers into a trap. Then the subsequent defensive lines would launch devastating counterattacks, often leading to heavy casualties for the enemy. The Germans also perfected the art of constructing deep, fortified trenches, complete with bunkers and reinforced concrete pillboxes. These defensive structures were highly resistant to artillery fire and offered excellent protection against the newly introduced tanks. These innovative tactics and strategies, born out of the desperate need to gain an upper hand in the protracted battle, were defining features of the Somme. They not only shaped the course of the battle but also had a profound impact on the future of warfare. As the conflict wore on, the lessons learned on the banks of the Somme were to echo through the decades, marking a turning point in military strategy and technology. As the Battle of the Somme raged on, its human toll began to emerge in all its tragic enormity. The grand strategies, the innovations, and the changing tactics all came at a devastating cost. Thousands of men were falling every day their dreams and aspirations lost amidst the mud and the chaos of the battlefield. Among the British forces, the sense of loss was palpable. Every family, every town, every city in the country felt the pain of the Somme. Many of the fallen were from PALS battalions, groups of friends, neighbors, or co-workers who had enlisted together, buoyed by a wave of patriotic fervor. The death of these men en masse left entire communities in mourning, casting long shadows of grief. On the other side of the line, the German forces were enduring similar losses. Families across Germany were receiving the dreaded telegrams informing them of the death of their sons, brothers, or husbands. 
The once unstoppable German war machine was feeling the pain of the prolonged battle, both in its ranks and on the home front. Beyond the immediate losses, the Somme was also leaving its mark on the surviving soldiers. Men like Private Tom Easton, a British soldier who had enlisted full of youthful enthusiasm, found themselves transformed by the harsh realities of war. Easton, like many others, returned from the Somme a changed man, haunted by the things he had seen and the friends he had lost. His letters home, once full of optimism and bravado, were now filled with longing for peace and the simple joys of life. The human cost of the Battle of the Somme was staggering. It wasn't just a tally of fatalities or injuries, it was a generation of young men scarred by war, communities hollowed out by loss, and nations burdened by grief. The battle became a grim testament to the toll of war, a reminder of the immense human cost paid for every yard gained or lost, for every strategic victory or defeat. As the echoes of the guns faded, the legacy of the Somme lived on in the hearts and minds of those who had experienced its horrors, a haunting memory of the true price of conflict. Chapter 4 The Turning Point as the Battle of the Somme dragged on, specific geographical features came to dominate the strategic narrative. Two locations, in particular, Anchor Heights and Thiepville Ridge, became synonymous with the relentless fight for every inch of ground. Anchor Heights, a small but tactically significant rise in the land, was the stage for a brutal struggle. Its importance lay in its elevation, it offered a vantage point over the surrounding battlefield. Whoever controlled it could use it to launch attacks and to observe enemy movements. Lieutenant John Kipling, son of the famous author Rudyard Kipling, was one of the many British officers who laid down their lives in the fight for Anchor Heights. His tragic fate encapsulated the struggle for this piece of land, a struggle marked by incredible bravery, but also immense loss. The fight for Thiepville Ridge was similarly brutal. This high ground was fortified by the Germans with concrete strongholds, trenches, and gun positions. The British and their allies understood that taking Thiepville Ridge was key to breaking the German lines. Enter Private John Cunningham, a man of humble beginnings who would rise to the challenge in the desperate fight for Thiepville. Cunningham, a former miner, showed extraordinary bravery during the attack tunneling under enemy lines to place explosives and leading his fellow soldiers through a maze of trenches. His actions, marked by courage and quick thinking, were instrumental in finally capturing the rich. These battles, fought over small patches of land, represented the larger struggle of the Somme. Every ridge, every hill, every trench was a mini-battleground, a small but crucial part of the larger war theater. The tales of Kipling and Cunningham, of their bravery, their fears, and their sacrifices, mirrored the experiences of thousands of soldiers on both sides. The stories of Anchor Heights and Thiepville Ridge were tales of determination and resilience, of courage under fire, and of the human ability to endure in the face of overwhelming adversity. They were the microcosm of the Battle of the Somme, each foot of ground won or lost bearing the imprint of countless personal stories of struggle and sacrifice. The chill of November signaled the closing stages of the Battle of the Somme. General Haig, eager to make a significant breakthrough before winter fully set in, planned one final assault. 
In the early dawn of November 13, amidst a heavy downpour, British troops advanced on the German line near the Anchor River. Their target was the village of Beaumont Hamel, which had stubbornly resisted capture since the start of the battle. Leading one of the battalions was Captain Wilfred Owen, a young poet and officer whose work would posthumously earn him a place among the most poignant war poets. Owen, penning verses amidst the deafening roar of shells and the cries of his fellow soldiers, embodied the spirit of those who fought in this climactic battle. As the attack began, a mixture of sleet and rain turned the battlefield into a quagmire. Despite these severe conditions, Owen's battalion pushed forward with a tenacity that spoke volumes about their resolve. Hand-to-hand -hand combat ensued as they fought their way through the network of trenches and overran the German defenses. In the German lines, Lieutenant Friedrich Muller bore the brunt of this brutal assault. Despite the superior number of British forces, Muller and his men defended their position with unwavering determination, even as the situation grew desperate. By the end of the day, Beaumont Hamel was in British hands. It was a hard-won victory, but it came at a high cost. Both Owen and Muller were among the casualties, two more names added to the long list of the Somme's fallen. The capture of Beaumont Hamel marked the end of the Battle of the Somme. It was a somber victory, one that did little to change the strategic situation on the Western Front but left a profound impact on the men who fought and the nations they represented. The final assault on Beaumont Hamel was not just the closing chapter of the battle, it was the final act in a drama of human endurance, courage, and sacrifice that would forever be remembered as the Battle of the Somme. In the cold assessment of the aftermath, many asked, why did the Allies, and specifically the British, emerge as victors from the grueling Battle of the Somme? First and foremost, the credit must go to the endurance and bravery of the men in the trenches. The British soldiers, from the fresh recruits of the PALS battalions to the seasoned veterans, demonstrated remarkable fortitude. Despite enduring unimaginable hardships and losses, they held the line and continued to press the attack. General Douglas Haig's leadership also played a pivotal role. Despite enduring criticism for his tactics, especially the heavy reliance on artillery, Haig demonstrated a persistent belief in his strategy. His decision to introduce tanks to the battlefield, despite their early limitations, was a game-changing move. His counterpart, General Von Below, was an able commander but was faced with a difficult task. Despite initial successes, the German forces were unable to maintain their momentum, facing constant pressure from the relentless Allied offensives. The strategic situation also favored the Allies. While the Germans were also fighting a challenging battle on the Eastern Front against Russia, the British and French could concentrate their resources on the Western Front. Furthermore, the British blockade of German ports began to strangle Germany's ability to supply its forces adequately. Shortages of food and military supplies, coupled with the relentless pressure at the Somme, gradually wore down the German forces. In the end, the victory at the Somme was a result of a combination of these factors. The courage of the soldiers, the leadership of their generals, and the strategic situation all played a part. But it was a Pyrrhic victory, achieved at an incredibly high cost in lives and resources. 
and while the Battle of the Somme did not decisively end the war, it marked a significant moment in World War I, one that had lasting implications for all involved. Chapter 5 Aftermath and Impact As the guns fell silent on the battlefields of the Somme, the true cost of the conflict began to emerge. A landscape once teeming with life was now a wasteland, scarred with shell holes and littered with the wreckage of war. More than a million men had been killed, wounded, or went missing in a battle that had lasted four and a half grueling months. The British forces had borne the brunt of the losses, with around 420,000 casualties. Among them was the poet and officer Captain Wilfred Owen, whose powerful verses spoke of the war's horrors. His words, penned in the trenches, brought home the grim reality of the Somme to those far removed from the battlefield. The German forces, while inflicting heavy casualties, had also suffered immense losses. Approximately 465,000 men, including the determined Lieutenant Friedrich Muller, were either killed, wounded, or captured. The French, although playing a secondary role, had lost about 200,000 men. These numbers, though lower than their allies and opponents, were still staggeringly high. But the toll of the Somme went far beyond the numerical casualties. Men like Private Tom Easton returned home physically or mentally scarred, haunted by the sights, sounds, and smells of the battle. The face of an entire generation was etched with the scars of the Somme, a silent testament to the high price of war. Across Britain, France, and Germany, Families mourned the loss of sons, brothers, and fathers. Communities felt the loss of their pals' battalions, groups of men who had enlisted together, their shared fate leaving a lasting mark on the places they called home. The Battle of the Somme was a human tragedy on an almost unimaginable scale. Its toll was not just measured in the dead and wounded, but in the shattered lives and communities, in the dreams lost and futures altered. The true cost of the Somme lay in its impact on the human spirit, a toll that would echo through the years long after the guns had fallen silent. The end of the Battle of the Somme did not signal the end of World War I. It was, however, a significant turning point that led to strategic shifts in the war. The first major shift was a change in British leadership. General Douglas Haig's approach had resulted in significant casualties with little territorial gain leading to criticism of his command style. This, coupled with the loss of public confidence, resulted in a change in British military leadership. In Germany, General von Below's strategy was also questioned. His inability to hold the line at the Somme underlined the need for a change in German defensive tactics. This led to the development of the Hindenburg Line a fortified defensive position that allowed the Germans to consolidate and improve their defenses. Simultaneously, the introduction of new weaponry on the battlefield, notably the tank by the British, signaled a shift towards mechanized warfare. While initially rudimentary and prone to breakdowns, tanks represented the future of warfare, and their introduction marked the beginning of a new era in military strategy. The battle also led to significant political consequences. The high casualties suffered by the French and British on the Western Front led to a call for a broader international effort to combat German aggression. 
This was one of the contributing factors that eventually led to the United States entering the war in 1917. Finally, the Somme highlighted the importance of coordination among the Allies. The disjointed efforts of the British and French at the Somme underline the need for a unified command and better cooperation in the future. In essence, the Battle of the Somme was more than just a bloody confrontation, it was a catalyst for change. It reshaped the way the war was fought, affecting leadership, strategy, tactics, and even the geopolitics of the time. This chapter of history was instrumental in shifting the paradigm of warfare from traditional combat to more modern methods, setting the stage for the future course of the conflict. The Battle of the Somme was hailed as a victory for the Allies, but in the aftermath, many questioned the nature of this victory. With an astronomical cost in human lives and resources, and only a few miles of territory gained, it felt, to some, less like a victory and more like a Pyrrhic one. General Douglas Haig, the commander of the British Expeditionary Force, was adamant in his belief that the Somme had been a necessary battle. He argued that the attrition warfare had depleted German manpower and resources, leaving them weaker for future engagements. However, his critics saw it differently. They looked at the death toll, the decimated towns, and the muddy fields strewn with the detritus of battle and wondered if the price had been worth it. Among them was Lloyd George, the British Prime Minister, who expressed reservations about Haig's tactics and leadership. The same debates raged in Germany. General von Below, the German commander, had initially been confident of a German victory, citing the heavy casualties they had inflicted on the British. However, the long battle had also severely depleted German resources and morale. Friedrich Müller, the dedicated German lieutenant who fell at the final assault, became a symbol of the high price paid by the Central Powers. The German public, while proud of their soldiers' resistance, was beginning to feel the sting of a prolonged war. Was the Battle of the Somme a Pyrrhic victory? It depends on one's perspective. It's indisputable that the Allies achieved their objective of relieving the French at Verdun and inflicted heavy casualties on the German forces. However, the human cost and the little territory gained made it a questionable triumph. The argument can go back and forth, but the reality remains that the Battle of the Somme was one of the bloodiest and most impactful battles of World War I. It represented the high price of war and remained a poignant reminder of its destructiveness. Chapter 6 The Legacy of the Battle As the world moved on from the horrors of World War I, the memory of the Battle of the Somme did not fade away. Instead, it became a significant part of the collective memory, a bitter remembrance of the devastating cost of war. In Britain, the Somme took on a sacred significance. Each town and village that had sent their pals' battalions to the front erected memorials to honor their fallen sons. Every year, on the anniversary of the battle's commencement, a two-minute silence was observed nationwide. And at the heart of these commemorations was the Thiepville Memorial, a haunting monument that bore the names of over 72,000 British and South African men who had fallen at the Somme and had no known grave. In France, the memory of the Somme was no less poignant. Verdun may have been the battle that most French people associated with the war, but the Somme held its own significance. The Tower of the Dead at Douaumont, 
a massive ossuary holding the remains of unknown soldiers, stood as a stark reminder of the lives lost. Germany, too, grappled with its memory of the battle. For the German people, the Somme represented the grim reality of a war they had not won. Memorials sprang up across the country, silent witnesses to a past that continued to shape the nation's identity. As time passed, the Battle of the Somme also found a place in literature and art. Poets like Wilfred Owen penned verses about the horrors of trench warfare, while artists painted stark scenes of the battle-scarred landscapes. Even in the world of cinema, the battle featured prominently, with films such as All Quiet on the Western Front showcasing the grim realities of war. The legacy of the Somme stretches beyond the military tactics and political shifts it catalyzed. Its memory, kept alive through remembrance and commemoration, serves as a poignant reminder of the immense human cost of war. As we look back, we do not only see a historical event, but a testament to humanity's resilience in the face of unimaginable hardship and a fervent hope for a more peaceful world. The Battle of the Somme, one of the most devastating confrontations of World War I, was also a significant learning experience for all involved parties. The tragic outcome of the battle, the human losses, and the subsequent reflections brought about profound lessons that continue to resonate even today. One of the key lessons learned was the importance of strategic planning and coordination. The British and French forces had entered the Somme with divergent objectives, leading to a lack of effective cooperation. In retrospect, the Allied commanders acknowledged the need for unified command and comprehensive planning principles that would shape future military strategies. The battle also revealed the inadequacy of old war tactics against new technological advancements. The days of charging across open fields were numbered, as machine guns and artillery made such strategies fatal. The introduction of tanks on the battlefield by the British marked a shift towards mechanized warfare, a lesson that would revolutionize the way wars were fought. The high casualties sustained during the Somme also underscored the importance of preserving soldiers' lives and avoiding unnecessary loss. Leaders like British Prime Minister Lloyd George and even some military commanders began advocating for more targeted operations to minimize casualties. The Somme's aftermath also brought about a sobering lesson on the home front. It made people question the true cost of war and whether such a price was worth paying. This public sentiment would, in many ways, shape the policies and attitudes towards war in the years to come. Finally, the battle taught the world about resilience and the human spirit's ability to endure. Men like Private Tom Easton and Lieutenant Friedrich Muller, although fictional, represent the countless real-life soldiers who displayed extraordinary courage and fortitude in the face of unimaginable hardships. These lessons from the Somme, born out of tragedy and suffering, are not just historical footnotes. They remain relevant today as reminders of the high cost of conflict, the need for strategic foresight, and the indomitable strength of the human spirit. As we remember the Battle of the Somme, we continue to learn from its history, ensuring its legacy lives on.